Welcome to Signs of the Times, a look at recent world events from around our kitchen table. Nero played the fiddle while Rome burned. This week, George Bush pretended to play the guitar while New Orleans drowned. Indeed, the similarities with the fall of the great Roman Empire are somewhat striking when you consider the state of the modern-day U.S., An economy on the brink of collapse, a quagmire in Iraq, and approval ratings at an all-time low of 36%. Even lower than before the 9-11 attacks. So on Friday, Bush finally graced the southern states of the U.S. with his presence after essentially ignoring uh, the plight of several hundred thousand people for three or four days. We've just been watching some CNN footage of Bush's visit to uh, Biloxi. Basically just had Bush... Embracing these two women in, in what was definitely or what, what completely looked like a, a, a staged kind of a photo opportunity to to regain or to to perhaps uh, make himself you know pull up his his ratings in the polls a little bit over the past few days where he has been uh, uh, seriously condemned and criticised by just about everybody in the press over over his handling of the um, of of the of the of the relief effort for for the in the aftermath of Katrina, it was actually quite comical because um, he basically he his 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 advice or his help that he was bringing to these two beleaguered women was that um, there was a Salvation Army uh, shop just down the road and they were gonna they were gonna help them out they were gonna give them some clothes some food and some shelter etc so um, and these women seemed to just you know they just kind of agreed with him yeah yeah you know and so he, he continued to um, he continued to say this that every time they they mentioned uh, what a hard time they were having and that they'd lost everything, he continued to say, "Yeah, well, there's a Salvation Army store just just down the road here, and we're gonna we're gonna they're gonna get you get you sorted out. They're gonna they're gonna help you." Uh, finally, after about five minutes of this, uh, I think one of the husbands of one of the women uh, interjected and said, uh, "Hi, uh, President Bush, um, uh, there's just a problem here. The, the Salvation." Army store was actually wiped out um, because of Katrina, um, and Bush kind of, you know, obviously just uh, understandably maybe uh, paused for a second, uh, looked a little, a little dumbfounded, and uh, uh, and then suggested that no, it was a, it wasn't a Salvation Army store. It was a, it was a, it was a temporary tent where they could uh, they were going to be given some um, some 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 help. So. I mean the whole thing. Just I mean, just watching it, and, and we'll put a link to it on the page. Uh, it it just uh, really screamed propaganda, and brought back uh, images of of the type of stuff that Hitler did in uh, during the during uh, leading up to the Second World War and during the Second World War, when he would be pictured, you know, hugging small kids and and playing with puppy dogs and stuff, even as he was, you know, carrying out uh, genocide against many different groups of people in Germany. And it's especially nauseating because after all this time, I mean, what is it? The, the uh, you know, it was finally after four days, he finally decides to to make an appearance, uh, a public appearance, uh, to actually tour the the devastated areas. This was on CNN, and it, it was pretty clear that it was kind of a joke. Past appearances have been a little more finely tuned to portray a a, a certain. You know, Bush as the leader, uh, the leader of the free world, and and this was just, just as Joe says, pretty comical. And the, of course, it was yeah, it was obviously designed just to um, 
to try and convince people that you know Bush was a caring uh, president that he cared for um he cared for his subjects when obviously i mean the the the, the fact is that it's probably not going to float because so many people are so seriously uh, annoyed with him already that they're just going to see straight through this because i mean you know what he goes down to one town flies in hugs two women and then flies back out again i mean people surely at this stage are going to are going to see through that and i mean it's unfortunate but um it it seems to be that uh, it takes an awful lot of suffering for people to vi- to finally uh, wake up and see through this kind of uh, propaganda and and the lies that that have been spilling forth from the uh, from the White House for for five years now plus. Yeah, and as we've been reporting on the signs page, uh, there have been pretty much everybody is coming out, and um, you know, there's there's basically international condemnation of Bush's severe inaction. Um, on Friday, September second, there's an article in the BBC called "Questions you know, Questions Grow Over Rescue Chaos." And uh, one of the people who is stranded in New Orleans, uh, there's a quote where he says, This is a national disgrace. FEMA has been here three days, yet there is no command and control. And there was another man named George Turner who is still waiting to be evacuated, and he pretty much uh, summed up the, the anger of the refugees when he said, Why is it that the most powerful country on the face of the earth takes so long to help so many sick and so many elderly people? Why? That's all I want to ask President Bush. And of course, he's probably not going to get his chance because Bush was in Biloxi and had no intention of touring the uh, the um, the most devastated area, the um, the the stadium where all the uh, refugees, uh, as they're calling them, in New Orleans were staying. And of course, there were the reports that uh, people couldn't go into the bathrooms there because they were uh, women would go in and they would be raped. So people were defecating and urinating in stairwells. Uh, there was no food, there was no water, people hadn't even had uh, fresh water to drink since the storm hit. And so, you know, obviously Bush isn't going to go there to tour, he's going to go to Biloxi, which was less uh, affected by the hurricane, and he's going to, you know, hug a... Hug a couple of people and... Yeah, and... and smile for the camera. But, yeah, I mean, that that, that the, the the quote from that article that, that Scott just mentioned is... Uh, brings up a very, very interesting question as to uh, why uh, there was such a, a poor uh, response, uh, such an ineffective response to, to such a large disaster that, by all accounts, um, was totally foreseen and totally foreseeable. Um, I mean, the, the, the Katrina... Hurricane Katrina passed through Florida maybe, you know, sometime last week. So they certainly had four or five days of actually, you know, of, of, of warning uh, that this was... And we don't doubt that the, the people in the in the meteorological service in the U.S. knew that this was this storm was going to come back and, 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 and probably knew the tra- trajectory of it. But they, the, the U.S. government and FEMA and, and the various agencies... Apparently, consciously, and we can only we can only assume that it was conscious because what other explanation is there that they consciously decided to do nothing about it. So that is the maybe a response to to this uh, this person's um, question as to why it was deliberate. But that's probably one thing that a lot of people are not going to be very happy about considering. But it's it looks at this point to be the most likely reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, on Friday. Uh, FEMA came out with uh, a little bit of an excuse as to why the uh, why the recovery efforts have been uh, delayed a bit. But before we get to that, uh, I just want to run through a couple 
a couple more interesting quotes. There's another one that was also on the BBC uh, from Friday, September 2nd. And there was a BBC correspondent who was in New Orleans, and he said that conditions in the city's convention center, where up to 20,000 were stranded, were the most wretched he has seen anywhere, including crises in the third world. Uh, Then the U.S. Coast Guard says that up to 60,000 people could still be stranded in the city. Um, I mean, it's obvious that there's a, a, a disaster of enormous proportions, and obviously the 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 bush government didn't really do anything about it uh until friday i mean it was people were sitting around for three days there were dead men and women i think there was a one dead woman who was in a wheelchair outside uh, the the stadium and someone had covered her with a blanket Uh, i mean it was it was appalling really and um but to get back to fema the head of fema michael brown said that uh, FEMA didn't anticipate the lawlessness. He was saying that, well, yeah, you know, we've we've run all kinds of simulations for this sort of, you know, hurricane striking New Orleans and stuff, but we never, we just never really expected that there would be all this lawlessness and that people would be, you know, I mean, shooting at each other and shooting at, at, at you know, rescue vehicles. And, and that's really kind of ridiculous if you think about it, because after 9-11, FEMA was one of the agencies that was preparing for uh, the aftermath of, of terrorist attacks, for example. Of course, well, if terrorists struck, well, then you would expect that there would be... I mean, what if there are terrorists running around? I mean, obviously, they would be prepared for some sort of armed resistance given the, 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 the whole war on terror and that whole chestnut. And then later on Friday, there is a, a Colonel Michael Brown, who is apparently no relation to Michael Brown, the head of FEMA, who said that you know during the, the previous hurricane plan, uh, which they had uh, it was a, a sort of a drill that they had conducted for for a, a hurricane striking New Orleans that this drill basically their conclusions were that they would have to leave the residents on their own for several days in a, in a worst case scenario so of course first you have Michael Brown from FEMA coming out saying oh well, we didn't anticipate the lawlessness and then you have this Colonel Michael Brown coming out and saying well you, we did these simulations before you know these these disaster drills and and the conclusion was we would have to leave people on their own for a while uh, you know obviously the implication is that this is a, a worst case scenario um but again it 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 doesn't really explain why the most powerful richest country on earth was incapable for basically 4 days of you know, providing food and, and water. And, and when, when Bush finally decided to go to Biloxi at about the same time, all of a sudden this army truck comes rolling up with food for the, the, the people trapped in New Orleans. And, you know, I mean, it's why didn't that happen four days earlier? I mean, these are questions that, that everyone in America is obviously asking. Well, one of the things that it actually uh, reminds me of anyway is the, uh, is the response um to, or the, the the explanations for why 9-11 happened. Because just as now we are, essentially what the government is saying and these government agencies are saying is that they, they're claiming uh, ignorance and um, essentially claiming uselessness, you know, that they, that they were not prepared, yeah. that they could not have foreseen, that they, you know, they never expected, they didn't plan for anything like this. Which, as we're saying, is is, is completely a completely unreasonable uh, explanation and um, for Given, given the given the nature of of, of the U.S. and the, the the agencies and the structures that have been in place for so long, um, just just as as on nine eleven, where it was completely uh, unbelievable that that they claimed that they had that that they had never planned or never thought about um, 
uh, you know, planes being used as, as, as bombs to to attack America, which of course is, is a lie. Uh, just as um, it's a lie that uh, that they did not or could not have uh, anticipated uh, a hurricane um, on, in hitting New Orleans or hitting Mississippi or Louisiana, because uh, there's categorical proof that um, that they did. That over the past uh, no, number of years, uh, there have been studies done that were sounding the alarm bells. That uh, that this was a serious, a clear and present danger, a serious threat, um, and that and that it would be a, a serious problem. And but we see that they did nothing about it. Um, and uh, the they definitely knew that it was a serious threat because there was an interview with uh, Ray Nagin, who is the mayor of New Orleans, and one of the questions that was asked was, "Did you ever tell you know, President Bush and other federal authorities that?" You know that that uh, the, the levees needed to be strengthened, and you know was this ever discussed? And he said, you know, yeah, we we told the president, we told Congress, we told Homeland Security, we told pretty much everyone, and they just said, well, you know, we we don't have the money, and we got a you know war in Iraq, you know, war on terror, you know, so the money's going to be diverted to that. And one article that I read said that they had built a. Instead of repairing uh, the levees in, or, or improving rather, the levees in, in New Orleans, they uh, diverted money to build a bridge to an island uh, off of Alaska or something. It was an uninhabited island. I mean, you know, there's this you know severe misappropriation of funds, and so I mean, it's it's it, been even in the mainstream media they've been reporting all this, and it's been I mean, it's it's blatantly obvious that that's all just a lie, and that it's the same thing with you know the the, the Pentagon claiming that the the missile batteries on the roof of the of the Pentagon and the White House, uh, you know, oh, you know, they didn't yeah, work. They didn't work. They malfunctioned. You know, and and, every, and these are just childish excuses that 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 only a, an idiot would would really give any credit to. But the one major kind of um, Expose, I suppose, if you want to call it that, uh, about the uh, lack of preparation for for a hurricane in uh, hitting New Orleans, was that the money over the past three or four years, the money for the the, the flood protection scheme, uh, which was some kind of a a, a scheme, obviously to um, to to protect uh, from from a hurricane and, and flood waters inundating New Orleans, was that the money. Uh, and this is this is a fact as well that I think it was seventy one or seventy million dollars uh, for that uh, project were was diverted to um, to Iraq to to the the war in Iraq and to to the war in Iraq and to Homeland Security and also obviously the uh, the National Guard uh, thousands of uh, members of the National Guard have been shipped off to Iraq to fight and die for for. Not very much, really, I suppose, um, which means that there. This is another plausible excuse. Not that it's a. Not that it's anything uh, that, that anyone would 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 reasonably accept as a reasonable excuse. But this is one one of the excuses that have been that is being uh, touted for uh, for the lack of response uh, in New Orleans. That they didn't have the they didn't have the National Guard. And they didn't have the money. Uh, they didn't have the helicopters. They didn't have the the, the various military trucks, etc., to uh, to provide for the re- relief effort because they were all in Iraq. Which brings up another interesting point because obviously, I'm sure most people are aware now that, uh, particularly in the U.S., that uh, that gas prices have kind of shot up in, uh, as a result of the the disaster in in New Orleans. Um, 
mainly because, you know, 12 or 8 out of 12 uh, oil rigs in the Gulf of Mexico have been kind of shut down, which is somewhat ironic because if we think about the fact that uh, the U.S. military and the U.S. government have uh, has sent the military, the U.S. military to Iraq, uh, at least in part to grab Iraq's oil, uh, to take possession of Iraq's oil, and in doing that, they have left themselves exposed uh, for for an eventuality like uh, Katrina, which has essentially led to a shortage of oil in America. Now, if that isn't a major screw-up, then we don't know what is. But is it really a screw-up? I mean, this is the, the first level of explanation. Is it really just... Um, are we really meant to believe that it was just, oh, you know, the, 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 this, this administration is one of the most incompetent in the history of the United States that they have, I mean, from 9-11 to, to today, to, to Katrina, they are just completely incompetent in terms of uh, preparing for, anticipating and responding to any kind of a crisis. Is this really the truth? I mean, do, did all of the the structures that have been in place in the U.S. and the massive uh, wealth and um, manpower that is available to these uh, agencies, these federal agencies, did they all just somehow strangely catastrophically fail all of a sudden? Well, this 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 sort of leads into uh, the the topic that we really wanted to discuss uh, today with the the uh, Michael Brown of FEMA talking about how they, they didn't anticipate the lawlessness uh, after the hurricane, this sort of starts to very gradually lead into uh, perhaps the real reason for the uh, the response to the hurricane. Um, because, of course, you know, when, when FEMA says, well, we didn't anticipate the lawlessness, and, you know, if, if you read this article, it, it sort of gives you the sense that this could be a possible justification for, you know, well, the next time, you know, this is why we need you know, more troops on U.S. soil. We need more police. We need basically what amounts to martial law to to maintain security. And in fact, uh, the mayor of New Orleans had had declared martial law. Um, and furthermore, there was an Associated Press article entitled Bush Promises to Restore Order in New Orleans, where they note that there are even Republicans who are criticizing Bush and his administration for the incredibly sluggish relief effort. And... Uh, it was Newt Gingrich who says, I think it puts into question all of the homeland security and northern command planning for the last four years, because if we can't respond faster than this to an event we saw coming across the Gulf for days, then why do we think we're prepared to respond to a nuclear or a biological attack? Now, first of all, it's pretty interesting that he says this was an event we saw coming across the Gulf for days because we had an email from a reader who I believe was in Florida and this reader said that uh, in the local Florida news, they knew what the the strength of, of Hurricane Katrina when it was upgraded. It was, you know, they knew about it. But in making the science page every day, we were getting news from, you know, multiple news sources in multiple countries, including several mainstream U.S. news sources. And none of the articles that we found actually indicated that, you know, this was this was a that's a category one, you know, Katrina isn't a big deal. And all of a sudden it was like somebody flipped a switch and oh my god, it's category five. I mean it was like literally like in an instant all of a sudden this was like big news. It it seems that perhaps many people didn't know that this was going to be such a, a whopper of a storm, which is potentially rather interesting because, you know, it was information of the, the storm's intensity suppressed to some extent. 
Because, I mean, certainly you know, we have stories about typhoons hitting China. And, I mean, you know, they say, you know, here's the, the, the typhoon. It's going to be really bad. It's going to hit about this time, you know, blah, blah, blah. And with Katrina, it was almost like there was nothing. And then all of a sudden it was this huge storm and it was a Category 5. And, oh, my God, there have only been three other Category 5 storms and, and run for your lives. Um, yeah, so we're kind of we're deep into conspiracy theory uh, country uh, on that point, but it certainly does bear some consideration because there is this idea among the average citizen that their government actually cares about them, cares about their welfare, and that any average government does not want to see you know, mass death or destruction uh, in their country. But we really, at this point in, in history, uh, we really need to take a look at history and to reconsider such ideas because um, we noticed that um, in, in one news report, which was uh, based on a, a projection by um, uh, some authority the, the 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 article would be on the page but this person suggested that based on his projections of of Katrina and and the 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 devastation caused that the ultimate death toll could reach 100,000 people which is an interesting number because it is also been suggested that um, that figure of 100,000 people is 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 the number of civilians that were killed in Iraq as a result of the the U.S. military's uh, presence there over the past two years, and obviously at the time when as this was going on and as these as these numbers came out about the civilian death toll in Iraq, a lot of Americans were probably thinking, "Yeah, well, you know, that's war, collateral damage. You know, you just you know you just got to deal with it." Uh, but there was probably in the back in the back of most people's minds this idea that these are Iraqis, that these are these aren't they're not Americans, they're not Westerners, so it's okay for them to be killed to a certain extent. Um, this little idea in the back of most people's minds it's, just, it's, it's an elitism which has been fostered obviously by the uh, by the governments of, of western countries uh, and it's a racism ultimately it's a racism but the interesting thing that we see now is that um, if that figure turns out to be correct or even nearly correct that, that 100,000 people will have died as a result of Katrina which will as, as, as we've been noting which will be more than likely be the direct result of the negligence and the, the apathy uh, and perhaps even the, the deliberate manipulations of, of, of the U.S. government, um, well then, what difference is there between uh, Iraqi civilians and American civilians from the point of view of the American government? Uh, this is one thing that we've been saying quite often and for quite some time, that people, these elite, as we call them, in, 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 in the halls of power uh, around the world, do not differentiate between different uh, races or different uh, colours of skin, um, they simply see most, uh, if not all of all of us, we the people, as as little more than cattle to be used and abused and um, dispensed with when when the time calls for it, which is to to a large extent borne out by a a speech given by Bush in two thousand and four on the White House lawn. Uh, when he was talking about uh, Iraq and the Iraq um, constitution and the political process there, and I'll just read what he said. There's a lot of people in the world who don't believe that people whose skin colour may not be the same as ours can be free and self-govern. I reject that. I reject that strongly. 
I believe that people who practice the Muslim faith can self-govern. I believe that people whose skins aren't necessarily are a different colour than white can self-govern. Now this quote from Bush, uh, unsurprisingly, was full of ignorance and arrogance, as his, as his speeches usually are. But it's interesting to see that uh, he makes reference to the people in other countries whose skin colour may not be the same as ours. So he was talking about Americans. So he's talking about people in other countries whose skin colour is not the same as Americans. And then he went on at the end of it to say, are a different colour than white. So clearly Bush sees the preeminent and the dominant skin colour and therefore race uh, in the US as being white, which again kind of ties into um, the Katrina thing. Well, it ties into what we've just been saying about the the nature and the the way that uh, these uh, uh, elite in, in, in government think. But it also ties into the fact that of the 200 or so thousand people that are stuck in um, New Orleans and uh, many of them having died and many of them going through the process of perhaps starving to death at the minute are in fact black. Which brings up the question uh, of whether or not um, because the the people who um, I'm sure we're, we're pretty confident uh, or we can be pretty confident that the that the that the government agencies and the, and the people that populate them in the U.S. realize the, the 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 breakdown of the of the poor people versus the rich people or the middle class people in New Orleans, and they realize that most of the poor people are people living below the the poverty line were were actually black, and these are the people that would not have an opportunity or a way to uh, leave New Orleans and, and protect and save themselves. So they figured, hey, you know, America is all about, as Bush says, America is all about uh, white. We in America are white, so these are black people. So uh, to a large extent, we can read from his uh, speech that um, the people in, the black people in New Orleans are not essentially American. So why would he bother saving them? Yeah, so just for a second, I'd like to to, to get back to the, the, the House Speaker former House Speaker, Newt Gingrich's quote, uh, because, of course, the first part where he says, we saw this coming across the Gulf for several days, um, I find that rather interesting, but it's the second part that really is, I think, the the most important part, and that's when he says, uh, if we can't respond faster than this to an event we saw coming across the Gulf for days, then why do we think we're prepared to respond to a nuclear or biological attack? And here, clearly, the former House Speaker is sort of steering the focus back to the war on terror, uh, the need to prepare, the need to, you know, more military, more plans, more laws, uh, and, and you sort of uh, steer back towards the, the, the whole war on terror, the, the clampdown on civil liberties. And then, of course, we come to the effect that uh, Hurricane Katrina appears to be having on the U.S. economy. Now, we reported uh, a couple days ago that there were gas stations in Atlanta where the price of gas was uh, close to $6 a gallon, which is, of course, obscene for uh, U.S. gas prices. And the, the interesting thing, I think, about all this is that all the articles are talking about the effect of the price of oil. And, of course, on Friday Science page, we were talking about how, uh, you know, they're... they're they're focusing on the price of oil. They're focusing on, you know, consumer spending. But what they're really ignoring is the fact that they have, you know, the, the U.S. has these uh, uh, shipping ports on the Gulf of Mexico, uh, especially the one, uh, the, the southern port of Louisiana, which is basically the big port. And uh, I think it's something like half of, of all the, the shipping uh, goes through this port. And it's, it's, it's a, 
it's a huge, huge, it's a main artery for, for shipping and not just for, um, you know, for exports for, they're talking about, uh, the, if, if this port is closed, uh, how do all the American farmers, you know, sell their products and get them shipped out uh, elsewhere? Because of course the products are supposed to be transferred down the Mississippi and then to this port and then they're, uh, distributed from there. So of course you have this huge issue with the state of the economy as it is with, the, the savings rate at an all-time low, with personal debt uh, at an all-time high. People are betting on real estate uh, as if they're playing poker. And Greenspan's talking about uh, that uh, uh, housing collapse, housing market collapse is, is pretty much imminent, which is interesting in terms of the fact that over the past few years, so many people have been encouraged to remortgage their house and take a loan and uh, essentially you know, get themselves into debt up their eyeballs. Um, and it seems that... Uh, the time when they're 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 going to pull the rug out from under underneath all those people who have mortgaged themselves in such ways uh, is is imminent, and uh, Katrina may well be uh, the first step towards putting that 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 process into place. Yeah, and, and indeed, Greenspan essentially previously he had said, "Well, you know, housing market thing, you know, not a problem, not a problem, not a problem," and all of a sudden in this pre-retirement speech that he gave. All of a sudden, it was oh my god, the housing market. Uh, you know, this was uh, I think uh, last weekend where it was uh, primarily on Saturday, uh, sort of in the uh, uh, the couple days before uh, Katrina struck. All of a sudden, you have Greenspan coming out and saying, oh my god, the the, you know, the housing bubble could pop and, and the economy could crash. And then you have this this other story with saying that you know, oh my god, it could you know the the you know, Americans low savings rates and and. And you know, it was it was, it was a, a series of articles that came out uh, in in the day or two right before Katrina, where basically all these people were coming out and saying all hell could break loose for for various reasons, you know, in terms of the U.S. economy crashing. And the, the timing was 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 rather interesting, especially the Greenspan uh, housing bubble thing, because I mean that was something that you know he he had always you know never spoken about in terms of uh, disaster. Yeah, so getting back to the the, the oil, uh, the fact that uh, as we as we mentioned, the um, eight rigs, oil rigs in the Gulf of Mexico, have been put out of action by the storm, and the gas prices have kind of shot up quite alarmingly. Um, the gas stations are also talking about uh, running out of gas, um, and of course, um, it's at, at times like this um, where people or where people get an opportunity just. To realise just how dependent on on petrol, on gas, on oil, um, the American economy is, and not just the American economy, but but the everyday lives and and the the, the liberties and the freedoms that uh, Americans and and people in the Western world in general take for granted, because consider the fact uh, that if the, if if gas stations run out of gas, then there's no more cars, uh, no one can go anywhere. You're stuck in your house, or unless you want to ride your bicycle or walk, uh, there's no more transport. There's no more. There's no more buses. There's no more trains. There's no more airplanes. Uh, also, shipping via. I mean, most of the shipping of of produce and uh, products are d- in the U.S. is done by, uh, by by trucks. There's very little rail transport, so all of that grinds to a halt as well. So we're just saying that uh, at the minute it looks pretty serious, in that uh, if if the powers that be so cho- so chose. This could, they could use this uh, this event to, um, as we say, push uh, America towards the brink of an economic collapse, 
and then all of the procedures, all of the homeland security measures, all of the uh, the Patriot Act one and two that have been uh, put in place since nine eleven will all uh, come into force, and everyone will start to realize exactly why nine uh, eleven happened in the first place. Yeah, and and this is something that uh, if you consider history in terms of cycles. Uh, and for more on that topic, uh, you might want to uh, read Laura Nightyajic's book, The Secret History of the World and How to Get Out Alive, which can be found on uh, our uh, bookstore at qfgpublishing.com. But in terms of uh, history being cyclical and basically the Bush regime being uh, sort of the, the repeat of Nazi Germany, uh, in, in Nazi Germany, of course, the sort of one of the, the, the stimuli, if you will, was the uh, severe economic downturn where there was uh, hyperinflation, which was absolutely ridiculous. And then, of course, you have Hitler coming to power. And, of course, the sequence of events is is perhaps not identical, but uh, we have, of course, this idea that... The result may be. Yeah, that, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, America runs out of oil, or for whatever reason, they, they claim that there's no more oil, um, and all of the, essentially, the infrastructure of the U.S. collapses, uh, as in, 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 in Nazi Germany, uh, with the dire economic situation at the time. It was used by the Nazi party to essentially gain backing from the population to wage war. Now, of course, the American government is already waging war, but it's not really anything like it could be. Um, because you've got Saudi Arabia, you've got Iran, you've got a large section of the Middle East and Eastern Europe there where there are a lot of oil resources. And um, in the case that America was drowning in terms of uh, um, a lack of a lack of oil uh, and uh, going under, then who knows where it could lead? Yeah, and, and so you have you have Hurricane Katrina, and then of course you have the we have the idea of uh, sort of cyclical catastrophes and of course if we have you know the hurricane season isn't anywhere even remotely close to being done um on friday there there was a there were a series of earthquakes uh, there were three earthquakes in fiji there were earthquakes in Indone- indonesia uh there was a, a swarm of earthquakes in uh, california um of course we had the tsunami in indonesia we have all these these uh, natural events, natural disasters occurring, and of course you can find out about more of that on our uh, climate and earth changes uh, science supplement, which uh, goes back to, I think it's 2002, uh, and it, it basically summarizes all these uh, strange uh, climatic and, and uh, earth changes events, and it's, it's pretty alarming when you, when you look at the the summary of all these events that have been occurring because it's, I mean, you think that, you know, I mean, when, when, when something like Hurricane Katrina happens, the meteorologists get on TV, you know, especially in the U.S., and they say, oh, you know, there's nothing strange here. I mean, you know, you go outside and you talk to your neighbor and you say, isn't this kind of strange weather? And they say, yeah, it's, it's pretty weird. I remember the last time this happened. And then you sit down and you watch the news and they say, you know, oh, this is nothing unusual. Well, when you look at our climate and earth changes supplement, you realize that, I mean, this is unusual. I mean, we had on on one science page in the recent past, there was a a graph done of all the earthquakes that had happened, and it showed quite clearly that the number of um, uh, powerful earthquakes was increasing uh, over, uh, you know, the the last uh, uh, decade or so. Um, I mean, it's quite clear that, that something is going on, and obviously the powers that be are aware of this, 
And so you have to wonder if this is, if this is, as we mentioned previously, sort of the real reason for the war on terror, if Hurricane Katrina is sort of the next step in the process. And of course, if you have an economic collapse and then you can apply all these fascist laws and declare martial law and all that fun stuff. Exactly. Just to, as a way to control the population for this upcoming series of events that they are aware of, but that they're not telling anyone about. about. And of course, we also have the possibility of another terrorist attack, because while all this, this, you know, obviously you look at the mainstream news sites and all they're talking about is Katrina. Well, before all this happened, we had all the problems with Israel and Iran and uh, Israel uh, pulling the settlers out, and there was talk of uh, tension between Israel and the U.S. And then on, on Friday, as it so happens, there was an article where the Rand Corporation uh, issued a report saying that the U.S. was next in line for a major suicide attack. Mm-hmm. And they give three... They talk about how suicide attacks are perhaps the ultimate smart bombs. And uh, they give three examples of three basic ways that they think that uh, an attack could happen. And they say the first would be to the type of attack that would incur mass casualties, and it would target high-value symbolic targets like the White House, the Capitol Building, the Defense Department, much like 9-11. And the second type of target would be like a major bridge or a tunnel, and so it would be kind of a, a high-value symbolic target, but more against, you know, maybe the average person. Uh, also, potentially, they say, uh, interestingly enough, the, the president, cabinet members, Supreme Court justices, senators, congressmen, mayors, all could be marked for political assassinations. So, of course, we had the law passed previously where if uh, a vast part of Congress is lost, well, the government will continue to function, and, and all of a sudden we have this... Uh, warning of of potential terror attacks coming uh, which is which is rather interesting and then finally they have the you know they they warned that maybe al-qaeda and other islamic insurgency groups would select soft targets including bus train subway bombings basically what happened uh, in london uh, back in july so amid all the madness of katrina you have the very real threat that the so-called war on terrorism is going to continue and a, a warning from the RAND Corporation of all places uh, that, in fact, the war on terror is not dead. It's just taking, perhaps taking a change, of course, because um, there's an article from uh, 29th of August, which is which uh, headlined, The FBI and the Michigan Police Tag, Pre- Tag Peace Affirmative Action Groups as Terrorists. And it says, an FBI document released on August 29th by the ACLU shows extensive monitoring of a whole bunch of organizations ranging from the Aryan World Church and the Christian Identity Movement to animal rights groups, an an anti-war collective and a leading pro-affirmative action coalition. One of those groups is also by any means necessary, which says its aim is to defend affirmative action, integration and fight for equality. Now, this group has been labelled a terrorist organisation by the FBI. Uh, an FBI document said that a detective whose name was blotted out presented information on a protest uh, in February uh, 2002 in Ann Arbor in Michigan, or Michigan, I should say. Uh, 
that protest was actually the second national conference of the new civil rights movement, which was co-sponsored by the Reverend Jesse Jackson's Rainbow Push with uh, keynote speaker Jonathan Kozol. One of the national co-chairs of, the, of uh, By Any Means Necessary uh, stated in response to this, we're standing up for education, equity, and the American government is spying on us. That's an outrage. This is palpable proof of what a lot of progressive people have worried about since 9-11. The Bush administration is shredding, shredding our Bill of Rights before our eyes. So things certainly seem to be moving along very, very quickly. And as Scott has mentioned, that when you look at um, all of this in, in terms of world events, including particularly what's going on in the Middle East, but also in other parts of the world in relation to America and Europe, uh, you get the distinct impression that um, something is being set up, that preparations are being made for something that is foreseen by certain people in positions of power. And it certainly seems like it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. So we're talking here about uh, ramping up of war, um, obviously, along with, which, is, which includes death, suffering, etc., etc. Uh, and also, given that we're been talking about Katrina. Uh, there's and, and as Scott mentioned, our um, the evidence from our science supplements on weather uh, phenomena and climate change and meteorites that there is something also going on, going on in terms of the Earth and what's happening uh, up above our heads. So um, this really does give us a, a, a an impending sense of doom, if you want to call it that. And um, we it behooves us all to really. Um, to, to keep our eyes open for this kind of thing and to take the the, the broader perspective and to to investigate and, and, and make ourselves aware of what's going on in a global perspective because that's where it's happening. It's not happening in your backyard, it's happening on the planet. And the only way you can understand it fully is to take that perspective. Uh, so we suggest that you continue to watch... Uh, the signs and more importantly read the signs of the times uh, and uh, the other articles that we have uh, um, written and presented on our on our website yeah because certainly certainly bush at the moment i mean his ratings are lower than they were before the 911 attacks um so obviously he, he, politically he's he's in dire straits at the moment with the american people but when we look at all these other factors, including the war on terror, the clampdown on civil liberties, possible cyclic catastrophes, you look at all this stuff, you I mean, you have to realize that... You can you see know, why this, he maybe doesn't care. He doesn't yeah, care about exactly. his, his, his he, falling. He, he, it's, it's almost like, I mean, he goes on CNN, of all places, you know, ran this video of him, you know, hugging these two women in, in Biloxi. And it was, I mean, it was kind of a joke. And it's, it's I mean, you know, and everyone thinks like, oh, this is great. You know, we're going to get rid of this guy. Well, think again. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's if if they, you know, it's it's almost like he Bush to me seems to be having he, he has like the same sort of comfort level right now that maybe he had before nine eleven, where you know he goes off and he goes on vacation and he knows that you know it's it's he knows that something's going to happen, so he doesn't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. You know, this it, he knows that there's there are some events down the home stretch where his 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 political ratings you know he doesn't really have to worry about that because perhaps something really big is going to happen and 
And we're not, su- yeah, we're not suggesting here that that Bush is the is the orchestrator of all of this, but he yeah, certainly knows a little bit. Not. He's been told a little bit, but it's interesting also that during this entire uh, week, when um, when Katrina was destroying uh, the, the southern states of the U.S., uh, Louisiana and Miss- Mississippi, and um, and New Orleans. Uh, the vice president, perhaps the man who is uh, certainly more in a, in a position of, of a central position of power and of pulling certain strings in the US, uh, that's Dick Cheney. He's been on holiday in Jackson, uh, in his home in Jackson, um, just, you know, taking it easy, living it up. So he obviously isn't that concerned. Um, he hasn't come back to the White House. He isn't or- organizing, orchestrating any kind of um, uh, relief efforts. He's just, uh, it seems that he just sees this as just. You know, it's just um, part of the process. This is just the first step, and he's not that worried about it. This isn't uh, the fun hasn't really begun yet. So obviously, as Joe mentioned, it it behooves each of us to continue to watch the signs, uh, be aware of all the details, um, be aware of what's going on, and obviously we'll continue to bring you updates in future podcasts and on the Signs of the Times page. Well, that that about wraps it up for today. Uh, if you'd like to read more, you can find the articles uh, regarding everything we discussed today at our website at www.signs-of-the-times.org. Yeah, and for people who are listening to the podcast a little late, the, the, the science page that corresponds to um, uh, the podcast is on, on Saturday and Sunday of every week. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can contact us at podcast at signs-of-the-times.org. Yes, for any comments or contributions or suggestions about uh, discussion topics, uh, just uh, send us off an email and we will certainly consider them. And obviously, if you have any news that we have not covered in the science page that you think is important, by all means, send it off to us. Yes. If you're Dick Cheney and you've been listening and, you know, you weren't on holiday this week, if if we're mistaken, if you've been, you know, down there in New Orleans helping out distributing food, then please, Dick, let us know. Yeah, because we're all about discerning objective reality. We're all about being fair. even, Even when it comes to Dick Cheney. Even Dick. So, thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week.